You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. Did you develop that first sense of security? In this household, we split everything 50-50. But in the other households that each of us have to support, it puts this, there's always this like gorilla on your back that it is like, you better work, bitch. You better work, you, bitch, you better work. You know, you, you gonna sleep in? Mm. You know, somebody might not eat. There was an insert from Gabrielle Union's recent interview talking about just a lot of different pressures, anxieties, and different types of things that she goes through in her head. She goes through a period in time where she has like a scarcity mindset. Where it's basically, I've seen a lot of Hollywood type sadists that worked really hard to get to where they are. They That's why they work when they're so anciently old. Like De Niro and Pacino, these guys are like 80s and they're still doing it. Because a lot of people who come from that, who worked really hard to get in that profession. Because it's hard, man. They're basically contractors. They're not employers. They're not working on a a a paycheck like us pours you know what i'm saying these guys are you know these people are leader of industry really you know they're they're self-sufficient they're independent and gabrielle's like look man i'm on top of the world and everything but i still feel like i'm that young up-and-coming actress (laughs) who don't have any money so there's a scarcity mindset there so that was really the essential part of what she was saying about all her pressures that she goes through and how she goes through these anxieties that she went through you know when she first started in the business and she still has that mindset like that's how you stay on top you got to act like you don't have it or that it can be taken from you at any moment so that's all that was of course you're gonna have people who take out certain pieces of the entire interview so Everyone really focused on the we split our bills 50-50 quote that she said. That was the big insert that got the buzzing going on on the inter- on the interwebs as far as the black community is concerned. My community, we are into this type of stuff. The independence, independent women, this whole thing. This is this this is a whole big thing going on right now in culture. It's like culture wars between men and women. Uh, you know, you had the ebony. Uh, Williams thing coming out talking about how she's a dominant female and she has these expectations and all this other jazz right which she's entitled to have by the way you know but don't be a hypocrite when the shoe's on the other foot when the guy has all these expectations and prerequisites that you know he prefers to have in order to be in a relationship but here is an example a glowing example in my opinion of what a dominant woman should be like this is what these chicks should be hyping up this is what these chicks should be trying to inspire to be they should be trying to inspire to be like gabrielle union nothing in that insert that i heard didn't scream independence she's an independent woman yes she's she's also older she's 50 and Dwayne wade is 41 by the way but her mindset is Man, I've always been taking care of my own shit. I'm just like a man. I'm out here taking care of my family and taking care of their families. That's what she's basically said in that insert. It's no different than any professional athlete, any actor, male would be doing. So she sounded like a dude to me. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's equality. Like, yeah, I have all these same responsibilities and all that and on and, and that and the third, but also, yeah, I'm, we pay our we pay our bills 50-50. I mean, we're in a relationship. Isn't it supposed to be like that? Like this stuff to me is so crazy. Like how it's so shocking to people. Like hearing a woman say that in today's time, again, the black community, our culture. You know, or any culture. And that's not me. Let me not stop trying to pinpoint just my culture. This happens in a lot of cultures, by the way. But pr- predominantly in our culture, it's it's a big topic point. Like, yo, the independent woman, all this and all that. Gabrielle Union clearly ain't looking for the soft life. Because Dwayne Wade got money too. He made $200 million as an NBA player. And that doesn't count his endorsements. So he got cheddar. And he's got a show on TV. And he's doing well. But... Gabrielle Union's like, yo, I'm (laughs) independent. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I don't care about that. I got money too. So they, you know, so having a 50-50 relationship is great, yo. Like having a woman like that is great. She's all about the realities of what life should be. And she's practicing what she preached. She's one of those equality women. She's one of them dominant women that be popping her shit off. And, And I don't agree with a lot of shit she says. But in this situation, it's like, bro, I think this is a perfect representation of what a dominant woman should be. Gabrielle Union. That one clip to me describes so much and what women should strive to be like. Yes, you could be independent. You could be dominant. You could be all of those things like a man, but also you carry the responsibility and the accountability that comes with it. And Gabrielle Union clearly understands that. I just wish a lot of women in her walk of life or any walk of life would also follow suit because it's inspirational. In my opinion, this is what you should strive to be. This is what every couple should strive to be like. This is what I try to do in my own relationship. And that's just be 50-50 with things. I'm all about that equality shit, but we're not going to half-ass it either. If you want to be 50-50, that's what it is. That's what I really, truly believe in my heart. So to see this is nothing to me because that's what I believe that everything should be like. That's what relationships should be like. So for her to just kind of go front street and be so outright with that is, you know, kudos to her, man. Chicks, y'all need to follow suit. You maybe learn something. Number one rule of Wall Street, nobody, I don't care if you're Warren Buffett or if you're Jimmy Buffett, nobody knows if a stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in fucking circles, least of all stockbrokers. Mm-hmm. It's all a fugazi. You know what a fugazi is? Fugazi. It's a fake. Yeah, fugazi, fugazi. It's a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It's never landed. It is no matter. It's not on the elemental chart. It. It's not fucking real, right? All right. right. Stay with me. Uh-huh. We don't create shit. We don't build anything. Oh, man. I couldn't wait to get to this topic. Financial influencers. Man, let me tell you what gets on my nerves about them. First and foremost, what a great racket to be in. To be able to tell people how to deal with their own finances. How they can, too, achieve to be as great as they are the financer that is talking to them. It's a lot of great advice, but also you always got to take everything with a grain of salt. It's a business now. A lot of people want to be an influencer and finances is just one genre of it. Keep that in mind. The one thing that pisses me off the most about financial influencers 
Like they'll tell you all this great stuff, how to flip a house, how to uh, grab money. And, you know, like what's one example I've seen on TikTok. I can't even remember what the account is, but uh, was talking about how you grab, you know, you take ten thousand dollars. You go to a rented home like, you know, how people rent out a three bedroom and, you know, like a home like you'll find in like Florida or whatever. And you rent it out or you have a conversation with the person that owns the property and you somehow work a deal out with them to do like a commercial lease where you can then rent it out yourself and make money. So he, the way this guy was breaking it down was like, yeah, all you got to do is just get $10,000, work out this type of deal with the owner. And then you, you know, you take, you know, you pay the owner, whatever the leases that you, you know, have to pay per month and the down deposit or whatever. And then after that, you proceed to take, you know, the rest of the money to fully furnish the home. And then you proceed to rent the property out. And then you rent it for more money, a few hundred dollars more. And then it starts to accumulate as the renter uh, moves in. And then you proceed to go on to the next home to do that. And the next home and the next home. What the thing that is so funny to me, it sounds great. It sounds great. I'm sure it probably works. Um, It's a lot of risks associated because it depends on a lot of factors and all of that. But it sounds great, right? But this is what the trick that a lot of these financial influencers have been doing that I've noticed. The one thing that they always seem to leave out is how do you get the fucking startup capital? You just have $10,000 laying around? You know, I don't have papa or I don't have a bank that will give me the 10 grand. So let's explain that. Let's start with that. Let's start with how you get the capital, right? You don't see a lot of that. They just tell you what to do with it, what to do with capital. Listen, I've been at this for a long time, man, and I've seen a lot of different hustles. And one thing I do know, it always comes back to this one quote. It takes money to make money. Everyone has a startup point. They don't tell you how they got that capital. They just tell you what to do with it a lot of the time. So just pay attention to that, man. Always say, hey, okay, how, how, how? Always ask how. Oh, that's great, man. You know, flip the $10,000 and this, that, and the third. Oh, oh by the way, bro, how, how did you get the 10000 Oh, they don't tell you that part because they already are in a, a situation where they have capital to burn. A lot of people in the real world, the one that I live in, don't have the startup capital to do dick. So uh, <laughs> I wonder if some of y'all feel the same way that I feel because, you know, these things is just flooding all of our timelines. It's a good racket to be in though i tell you that much so what do we have here we have more conversation about reparations in california now here's another article written by the new york times with the headline that says can reparations bring black residents back to san francisco San Francisco has proposed the nation's most ambitious reparations plan, including $5 million cash payments and housing aid that aims to bring black people back. So I'm not going to try to dive all into the article. The article did talk about the, you know, the famous Fillmore area 
over there in San Francisco. Apparently, that was in the 1940s was like considered Harlem on the West Coast. You know, you had Billie Holiday, Duke Ellington. It was just like this vibrant jazz area over there. You know, real cultural area there. Real cultural district as far as the black community. I mean, even in the 1980s, it was 75% blacks there. Now it's only 30%. But as the article was describing, around that time when the you know 50s, 60s came along, they started to do urban renewal, which was, hey, we're going to come here and we're just going to seize your home and we're going to give you this bullshit voucher that's supposed to help you with housing, right? Thus, you have the housing projects and so forth. And from what the article was saying, the task force of 15 people in San Francisco who came to this decision was saying is like those promises through that voucher system was never met. Not just that, you had all the other stuff that came along with it, with the gentrification over the uh, over the decades, and, and now it's, it's a home for tech billionaires and millionaires. So you have all these issues going ab- abroad. But now the issue is obviously how are you going to be able to afford it? You can't just give every resident in that area who lived in that time, or you can't just give them. Five million in cash because, you know, it can equal something outrageous in the hundreds of million, billions of dollars. And from for just San Francisco alone, not California, San Francisco alone. So in the article, he had, you know, a lot of older residents. You had advocates who are behind the program, but also realize the legitimate issues with even issuing a payment to anyone because of how big the, the budget would cost. So one good idea was to try to pander to the tech giants in San Francisco, pleading to them about how it's important to make things right from the past. And, you know, it's like it's like begging for money from rich people. Basically, you guys are tech giants. You guys are living and playing in this area that we once resided in. We would love for you guys to do the right thing and contribute to a reparations fund and not have it just be um, on the shoulders of the city of San Francisco. So, I mean, it's a great ask. Corporations, rich folks do charitable things all the time because A, it's a tax write-off, let's be real, and B, it's good press. So, if someone can organize it who has more notoriety in that area and who can, you know, be an advocate to the point where these rich folks can uh, lend an ear to, things can potentially happen as far as uh, crowdsourcing the money. That's a great idea. You know, don't just depend on the taxpayer to do it because that's when you get jealousy and that's when you get envy. You shouldn't have any of those sorts of things when it comes to doing right for a group of people that were never (laughs) done right for. So, yeah. A lot of things to do with that. But as I said in the last podcast in my leading story on this California story and now this San Francisco story, I said, hopefully we'll get some more movement. I, I kind of knew that movement would come because these things don't just happen. They don't just write these big stories on these large pu- publications for no reason. It, it, it's a reason. There is movement across the country happening, specifically in these big markets like California. And, you know, hopefully you'll start hearing stuff in the east coast but yeah it's time to make shit right and now people in this big income inequality thing that's going on people are starting to say all right now everybody's getting paid at the top it's time to do right by those who've suffered the most and hey i'm with that